Welcome everyone to Kingdom Rock Radio. We pray that you will enjoy today's message. Now here's a sample of what you'll be hearing today. You get if you're there and you're ready, you get on and you leave with it. But if the bus comes and you're not there, it's not going to wait, it's going to leave. Such is the case also with the rapture or the snatching away of the church. Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center located right here in Bremen, Georgia. You can connect with us at our website at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's message. All right, let's go ahead and have ourselves a word of prayer. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for this time that you have given us to meet together as a congregation, to honor you and to love you. Father, I ask that today you would speak by your spirit or that you would use my mouth, my mind, my thoughts, all that I am, I yield to you, Lord, to proclaim the message that you have for your people today. Open up our hearts that that we may be receptive to what you are saying, that we not only be hearers of the word, but that we may be doers as well. Thank you for healing us and making us whole. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, praise God. So once again, glad to see all of you in the house this morning as we are in in in-person services here at the Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center Church and online community. We love you guys. Welcome, 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 Kingdom Rock. Let us welcome our online community with a hand of applause. Put your hands together and bless our online community. Hallelujah. So wherever you are from all around the world, we thank you today. We, we appreciate you so much for joining us. And uh, as we're here in live and in person at the church, and wherever you are around, around the world, we just want to tell you thank you for joining us and tuning in. If you're in the area, stop on by and see us sometime. We'll be glad to have you. Praise God. All right. Well, as you know, we've been in a series uh, for the last few weeks entitled Rise of the Sons of God. This is part number seven. And I cannot tell you how prophetic of a word this is today as we've been marching up this series, as God is raising up his sons, raising up the end time church to take their place in this uh, last generation as we will move with power and great authority. So I pray that you hear this prophetic word that the father leaves, that the father um, proclaims to the church by his spirit. Amen. So I'll say, of course, what the Lord Jesus says in the book of Revelations, let them that hath an ear hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. Hallelujah. Well, this series also comes with a confession, so we're going to go ahead and, uh, and have our confession. You can read along with us. For those of you that are watching by way of YouTube, Periscope, uh, Roku, and Vimeo on the website, and uh, you can, of course, read with us. Those of you that are watching or rather listening to us by way of podcasts and the radio stations. Um, Just repeat after us as we go through. All right, let's do it together. Ready? Let's go. I am a born-again believer. I choose to be a disciple, a devoted follower of Christ. Therefore, I live in his power and authority. I choose to walk in with and through the Holy Spirit to manifest Father's purposes, and plans in the earth. I am covered by the blood of Jesus, surrounded by holy angels, and the atmosphere of heaven fills every space I occupy. I am a son of God. Praise God Almighty. Well, as we said before in the last uh, number of sessions, we know that the word son, son of God, the term sons of God is a title. It does not denote gender. So if you are a sister and you, you're saying, well, I'm not a son, I'm a daughter. Well, understand the term son of God is a title, just like the word president is a title. A president can be male or female. Boss can be male or female. There are some things that are, some titles that are exclusive uh, to women and men that are gender roles, but this is not one of them. This is a title. You are son of God. The word son can also be translated as child, child. You are a child of God, a son of God. And so the Lord is raising up his sons, raising up his children. And uh, we've been looking at that for the last uh, several weeks. 
Now we're going to go right back into the book of Matthew, Matthew 25. We've been talking about the ten virgins for the last few weeks. So we're going to go ahead and read and hopefully conclude with this uh, on this week. That is conclude this part. And then, of course, Pastor Nelson will be back with us on next week. And he'll be sharing with us a word from the Lord, and we'll go on further after that. But Matthew 25, verse number 1 through 13, it reads like this. For all who are not familiar with the story or with the account or the parable, I can say, of the ten virgins, listen. Matthew 25, verses 1 through 13 read, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise, and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their, in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. And all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell, and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. And he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. All right. So on last week, we got down really to verse number six, and we're going to get right back there uh, today. But let's start here at verse number five. Verse five says, while the bridegroom tarried. Tarried there, of course, means to uh, delay. While he delayed, while he delayed his coming, they all slumbered and slept. Last week, we spoke from the subject of while you were sleeping, things began to happen while you were sleeping. Today, we're going to be talking about walking in light, walking in light. So Jesus, I want you to understand this before we go any further. Jesus is giving us a mindset of being ready. He's telling the entire church, all those that follow him, be ready. Because you don't know the hour, you don't know the day, nor the hour in, in which the Son of Man comes. So the church is to be always set on ready for the return of the Lord. So let me show you a few more verses as it relates to that. Matthew 24, verse number uh, 42 through 44, reads like this. Jesus said, Watch ye therefore, for ye know not what hour your Lord doeth come. But know this, that if the good man of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore, be ye also what? Ready. Be ye what? Ready. Be ye what? Ready. The Lord says, be you ready. For in such an hour as ye think not, the Son of Man cometh. Now, here's something interesting, too, as we look at uh, Matthew 26 in verse uh, 41. Here's where the Lord Jesus Christ, he's in, the, he's in the, the Garden of Gethsemane, and he's about to go through the crucifixion process. In just a little while, they're about to, Judas is about to betray him, and they are about to take him uh, for him really to go to the conclusion of his earthly ministry. He goes through the whole process. But prior to that, he goes into this garden to pray, and he takes Peter, James, and John with him. And the Bible says that he left them at a certain point, and then he went away to pray, to commune with the Father. And then he comes back, and he finds them sleeping. He goes away again to commune with the Father, and then he comes back and finds them 
sleeping. He goes the third time to commune with the Father. And he comes back and finds them sleeping. Finding the church sleep every single time he comes back. Can you see a pattern? Notice what he said here to the church on the, I believe the first occasion here, Matthew 26, verse 41. It says, the Lord says, watch and pray that you enter not, that you enter not into temptation. Why? It says, for the, it says, the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. So notice those two parallels. He goes away to commune with the Father. Didn't Jesus Christ go away to commune with the Father? Sure he did. After his death, burial, and resurrection, he's gone on, and he's right now seated at the right hand of the Father. He has gone away. And when he comes back for the church, as written here in uh, Matthew 25, he finds the, the virgins asleep, right? And then, of course, they were aroused. They were aroused, got to, got to wake up, got to get ready. He's at hand. So notice the word he told them again. He said in 41, watch and pray. Watch and pray. Watch and pray. Say that with me. Watch and pray. Watch and pray. All right. Why did he tell us to do this? Because he said, hey, you're willing in spirit. Yes, but your flesh is weak. So you are to watch and pray. Now, notice this same mindset of being ready, being ready, uh, goes throughout the entire church. And I'm going to show you a few other scriptures here as the apostles also taught the early church. The early church was filled with the mindset that Jesus Christ is going to come back at any moment, at any time. Let me show you this Philippians, the fourth chapter. Let's look at verse, let's look, look at verse four and five. Philippians four, verse four and five. The Bible says here, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Look at verse 5. Let your moderation be known unto all men. What? The Lord is at hand. The Lord is at hand. The return of the Lord is at hand. He's close. He's nigh. That was in their, on their thoughts that the Lord could come back at any moment, any second. Remember when the Lord Jesus was, uh, was taken, up, uh, uh, taken up into heaven um, by a cloud? He was taken up. He was taken up. And while he was there, uh, the disciples stood and they just looked on. They just looked, looked, and hoping that uh, he would come back. But an angel told him, hey, why are y'all standing here looking? The same son of man, the same Jesus that went up is going to come back again in like manner. He's going to come right back. Praise the Lord. But so they thought he was going to come back in any second. So they lived or they preached with that mindset. They preached with that mentality that Jesus is coming, that he's coming. Look at 2 Timothy, the fourth chapter, 2 Timothy 4, verse number 8. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that what? Love his appearing. Now notice he uses the word here. He said, there's a crown laid up for me. There's a crown laid up for all of those. Uh, it says, it's a, a crown, crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give you at that day. And not to me only, but the Lord has a crown for all those, for all them that love his appearing. That love is appearing. There are a lot of people that don't want Jesus to come back. They say, Lord, not right now, not right now, not right now. I got this to do. I got that to do. I got that to do. They don't love his appearing because they, they're tied into this world system more than they are of heaven, of the things of God. And let me tell you this, and I, I want to begin to settle some of your hearts the Lord is not going to come leaving a balance with you. If he has given you promises, told you about things that he would do, then I believe that he will accelerate the time so that you may fulfill those things. I don't believe that he will give you a desire for a family, desire for a business, a desire to do this and that, that he gives you that desire for it, and then he comes and interrupts that. Because it is the Father that has given you those plans. It is the Father that is working those things out in you. Now, to the great, to the fulfillment of it, and to what degree, I do not know. 
But if God has given you a plan, he's given you a desire for it, he will meet that. He will do that. So don't despise the day of the Lord. Don't despise the coming of the Lord because you have things on your mind, things that you want to do that you think will not be fulfilled. Don't tell Jesus, Lord, give me a minute. I'm not, I'm not finished with this yet. I got to do this, then you can come. Don't do that. You need to love his appearing and be looking for the Lord. I tell you again, every plan, everything that the Father has placed in your heart, every desire that he has placed in your heart, he himself will fulfill it. And I believe that he will accelerate the time, accelerate the time. Things that have taken, would have taken decades, would now take only a year or so. Things that would have taken a year will only take a month or so. Things that will only take, things that will have taken months will take uh, weeks or even days. God will accelerate the time. He will not, you will not leave this place owing a balance of what God has told you to do. Are you hearing? So don't despise the day of the Lord. Don't despise his coming, but love his appearing. I pray that you're hearing me today. All right. So what happens when you have this Jesus is coming mindset, when you have this be ready mindset? Well, what happens when you don't receive it? When you don't have this Jesus is coming mindset, you end up with uh, what's taking place also there in Matthew 24. When the servant said, well, my dear Lord, delays is coming. And the Bible says he begins to beat his fellow servants and begins to uh, get drunken and things of that other nature because he said, hey, he's going to take a minute. He's not going to be here for a minute. So I'm going to do what I want to do. Notice again, when you have that sort of mindset that Jesus is coming one day, yeah, and it's, it's further up the road, we begin to lose our focus. And when you lose your focus, the Bible says that that servant began to beat his other servants. Now, the word beat there or smite his other servants, the word smite there does mean to hit, but I don't uh, hit or to strike. But it's not so much hitting or striking physically. We said many times it could be hitting or striking with the words as you diminish other people's faith. You say, why are you doing all that Bible study? Why are you praying? Why are you fasting? Why are you doing all of that stuff? Yeah, I believe in Jesus too, but it don't take all of that. So you're smiting them with your words. But you can also smite, beat, or, or strike a fellow believer by the way you live. Because when you, as a born-again believer, live in a way that is contrary to the Lord, contrary to the Word of God, contrary to your destiny, and I see you living in such a way uh, that robs the Spirit uh, from receiving His full due in your life, or you're living in such a way that is grieving the Holy Spirit, not allowing Him to have full expression in your life, that affects me, that hurts me. That hurts me when you're not walking in line with God's will for your life, when you're not prospering, when you're not doing what God has called you to do. That hurts me. That strikes the entire body. When your foot is not working properly, when it is in pain, that affects the entire body. When, you're, when, when we're aggravated in any part of us, any part of us is aggravated, the whole part of the body, the whole body feels it. So it strikes us all. It strikes us all. When we see you walking contrary to the will of God for your life, that strikes us and it impacts us all. So people say, well, you know, I'm not hurting anybody. I'm not hurting anybody. I'm just doing it by myself. I'm not hurting anybody. No, if you're a part of the body of Christ, you are definitely hurting us. Amen. You're definitely hurting, hurting the body. If one member of the family, whether they're born again or not, let's say they go out and they get on drugs or some sort of activity, don't you know that if that affects the whole body? You say, well, I just do it myself. I'm here by myself. But we see you going downhill. We see the devastation. We see the ruin. We see how the devil is really tormenting you. And that strikes us. That affects us. And so that's the mentality that someone can have when they say that our Lord, yeah, he's coming. He's tearing, you know, he's delayed, so we're going to do whatever we want to do. No, when you have that mentality that the Lord is not coming or his, his return is way off, you, you're not ready. You don't stay ready. You don't stay ready. And when you don't stay ready, you won't see the promises of God unfolding your life. Let me show you 1 John, the third chapter, 1 John 1, rather 1 John, the third chapter, 1 John, third chapter, verses 2 and three of uh, the Message Bible. I love the way it reads here, and I, I, believe, I believe it's going to give you a good picture of what it means to be ready, of having this ready mindset that Jesus is coming at any moment, and I need to be in this mindset. 
Let's see this. First John, the third chapter, verse two and three of the Message Bible. And it says, but friends, that's exactly who we are, children of God. King James says, sons of God. And that's not only the beginning. Rather, I'm start, start again. It says, but friends, that's exactly who we are, children of God. And that's only the beginning. Who knows how we'll end up? What we know is that when Christ is openly revealed, we'll see him. And in seeing him, become like him. All of us who look forward to his coming, stay ready. Let me say that again. All of us who look forward to his coming, stay ready. One more time. All of us who look forward to his coming, stay ready with the glistening um, purity of Jesus's life as a model for our own, for our own. So they stay ready. You're looking for it. You're looking for the Lord to come. And you want to keep in view the way Jesus lived, the, lived his life because you want to pattern your life after Christ. One of the terrible things that we have done in the church is begin to pattern our lives after other people. Pattern our lives after the pastor, after the preacher, after the teacher, after the whoever. If it's flesh, you're patterning your life. I want to be like him. Then you, then you will only achieve uh, a copy of a copy. Why would you want to be a copy of a copy? I would like to be like Christ. So I thank God for the testimonies of others, but I won't lower my standards to man. My standard is Christ. Does that make sense? Our standard is Christ. Now let's go back into Matthew 25. Matthew 25, please hear this. Matthew 25, we're going to look at verse number 6. We're going to see if we can bring this thing to a close. The Bible says, Matthew 25, verse 6, it says, At midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go you out to meet him. Now usually, again, when the bridegroom came, or when the groom came, we would say in today's culture, when the groom came, it was just after dark. But the father was the one who would release the groom. The father of the groom releases him to go forth and get the bride. Because after all, it is the father's house, and the son is raised up in his house. And the father releases the son to go forth and receive his bride, to bring the bride into his house. It is the same thing with us. The father, no one, Jesus says, nobody knows the time that the father has put it into his mind to send Jesus back. Not only, he says, the angels don't know it either. Only the father knows the time in which he will release the son. So uh, the Bible says at midnight, there was a cry made, cry made, uh, he is coming. Now, again, traditionally, the bridegroom would come just after dark, just after dark. But now he is waiting. And I believe the father is waiting to release the son. He's waiting to release Jesus until the old oil runs out. And only those that have fresh oil, only those that have prepared will be able to walk with him. Now, the Bible says that at midnight, there was a cry made. This is the moment that they were all waiting for. They knew that this would come. They all expected for Jesus to come. They all expected for the bridegroom to arrive. They knew he was coming. They just did not know when. And because they knew he was coming, some thought he would, be, he would do as the others have done in the past, just come right after dark, and we've got enough oil left for that, for his arrival to come soon. But they did not. Five were foolish, of course. They didn't take extra oil. The five that were wise took extra oil in their vessels, in their jars. They were prepared for his coming. Now, this is one thing. This whole event of what we call the rapture of the church, uh, this is something that you, can't not, that you can't be fashionably late for. It's kind of like some of you have had uh, opportunities to wait on a bus, and maybe you had to sit and wait on the bus to come, or maybe you had to go to an airport to wait on the flight. Those things don't wait on you. It's if you're at the bus stop, when the bus comes, you can get on the bus and you can ride the bus. 
But if you're late to the stop, the bus is not going to wait for you. You get if you're there and you're ready, you get on and you leave with it. But if the bus comes and you're not there, it's not going to wait. It's going to leave. Such is the case also with the rapture or the snatching away of the church. And Jesus gives this parable that we all need to be ready. Listen, as we said before, the time to get ready is not the time to be ready. The time to get ready is not the time to be ready. In other words, if I tell you I'm going to pick you up at 5 o'clock, you don't wait till 5 o'clock to start brushing your teeth, to start putting your clothes on. Not only is that insulting, that's, that's just not the thing to do. And Jesus says that here. He says, at midnight, the cry was made. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. Now, that cry, when they made that loud statement, the bridegroom is coming. That all shook them. And we go down verse number seven. It says, then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. Now, the word arose, I want to show you this. The word arose means to cause, cause to rise, to awake, cause to appear, bring before the public, bring before the public. So what the Lord is saying here, when that cry was made, Jesus is coming. The Lamb of God is coming. They shook themselves. Now, understand something. They were all waiting inside. They were all waiting inside. And while they were all sleeping, their lamps were burning. They're burning. Just like you keep your lights on but when you, when you go to sleep. So there was light in the house where they were. The light, was, the light was there because of their lamps that were burning. But now the Lord said it's time for them to wake up and to be seen in public. He said they arose, shook themselves. Now it's time for them to be publicly viewed. It's time for them to go forth. Now, for years, the, the, the light has been on in the church. And the world has not seen the light, the great light that the Lord is going to reveal. It has been on in the church. And while it has been on in the church, the light, uh, the wick, we would say, the wick in the, the, wick in the, in the lamp was beginning to burn the longer you use the wick, the more it burns the, the tip of the wick, the more the fire burns the tip of the wick. This is why they had to, when they arose, they had to immediately trim their lamps. To trim your lamp means that you would cut away the part that is burned. Now it's time they cut it away so that they may relight it. Because when a wick is trimmed properly, it will burn bright and it will burn clean. A wick that is lit, if you, if you were to half trim a, a wick or, or if you don't trim it at all, if you don't cut away the burn parts, when you light it, when you light it, it will burn, but it will burn dimly and it will burn smoky. So you will have light, but it's very dim and it's smoky. And this is what's happened. Over a period of time within the halls of the church, the light was bright, but while we slept, the light became dim and smoky. And so the, so the cry is made, Jesus is coming. The bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Go out to meet him. So they woke up. They shook themselves. Now it's time to go into public view. And they immediately begin to take scissors or a knife or something to cut off. Cut off what? Cut off the thing that was burned. So here's hear this prophetic word. You're entering the time when the Spirit says, I will help you to cut off that part of your life that has been burned. You have been burned in church. You have been burned in relationships. You have been burned by disappointments, burned by accusation and, in, and innuendos, burned by criticism, burned by fear, burned by worry. And that burning has, prevent you, has prevented you to releasing the full light of glory that's in your life. The father says, I am sending my spirit to repair you. If you work alongside with him, he will help you to cut away those areas in your heart that are burned. Because when the Lord comes, 
If you have not trimmed away the burned part, then your light will not be bright. Your light will be dim and it will be smoky. That is smoky means that it will be polluted. The gospel that you will carry will be polluted, polluted. And as you go forth carrying all this smoke and people, (coughs) they say, are you a Christian? I see a little bit of light. You're really dim, but you're trying to burn. You're trying to ignite the fire or the passion of the spirit on a soul that has been burned. So the Holy Spirit says, I will help you, son. I will help you, daughter, to cut away that part of your life where you have been burned, where you've been disappointed. And, and when, we have, when we've been burned, we are hesitant to go forth again because we don't want to be hurt again. So the Father sends forth his spirit into your life, if you will allow him to, to cut away those burned parts in your life so that you can truly shine and burn brightly and uh, so that you will burn cleanly with no pollutants. And this is how we need to go out to meet the Lord. Now, the Bible says again that they went out. The, the cry was made, the bridegroom cometh, go you out to meet him. Go out to meet him. Go out to meet him. Go out to meet him. This is one time where the Lord says he's not coming to you. You go to meet him. Can you meet him where he is? Can you see him eye to eye? Can you leave behind all this other stuff and go to Christ? Can you have a meeting? They say a meeting of the minds. He says, go out to meet him. Go out to meet him. Think his thoughts. See with his eyes. Feel with his hands. Can you get on one accord with him? Here's the cry. Shake yourself. It's time now to get into public view. Cut away those things that are burned. Jesus says it's time now to step forth as an army and march with him. He says, go out to meet him. It is time to go out and meet the Lord. It is time. Hallelujah. Now, all this takes place before the coming of the Lord. All this takes place before the coming of the Lord. The actual rapture part of this parable is actually when they enter into the bride chambers or as they enter into um, the marriage feast. Before the doors were shut at that moment. That's all this talks about as we talk about rapture or the snatching away of the church. The actual moment when they open the door and go in, that's the rapture. But prior to that, before that, we will walk with Christ in power. We'll walk in Christ with power if you can meet him, if you can get on one accord with him, if you can allow him to cut away the parts of your life that have been burned. You have been hurt. You've been burned. You've been hurt. You've been bewildered. And the Lord said, I will help you to cut that away so that you may burn brightly, so that you may burn cleanly. I pray you're hearing me. So it's time for us to walk in light. It's time for us to walk in light. First John, the first chapter, verses five through seven. Listen to this. The Bible says here in first John, the first chapter, verses five through seven. It says, this then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light, that's exactly what the Lord's calling us to do right now in this hour. You can put it down in your calendar. Put it down right now. I'm telling you, this is the word of the Lord for this hour. He says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So as we walk with the Lord, I've told you about the, the, the wedding feast when, when, the, when the groom comes to receive his bride and how they would march from the bride's house uh, through the streets in a parade of light with music and dancing. And as they're going from the bride's house to the father's house is a time of great joy and celebration. And all those who, are, who were invited uh, to the marriage feast uh, if they weren't at the bride's house, well, they would, they could, as long as they had light, a lamp or a torch, well, they could um, meet, they could join in the, the, the festivities, they, they could join in the parade, uh, the procession uh, while, while they were going up the street. So what it should look like is that 
uh, when the bridegroom came, he came with his entourage. And then they, when they got to the bride's, uh, bride's house, more people were there. And so they joined. And as they continued to march down the road in great celebration and great joy, walking in light, other people who were also invited. And listen, everybody in the human race is invited. Hallelujah. Everybody is invited. All those that have light, in other words, all those who believe, all those that have faith in Christ, then that talks about the great end time revival. As the church marches with Jesus, as the church marches with Jesus, remember, the, the, the bridegroom would have a crown on and the, the bride herself would have a crown on. That is, the church has also been crowned and we march with Jesus arm in arm as we go into the Father's house. And so as we walk with him in the light, people will begin to see our light, that light that is bright and that is uh, pure, bright, not, not dim and smoky and polluted, but bright and burning clean. As we march with the Lord down the street, other people will see, oh, it's time. And, and they realize, oh, Jesus really is the light. He really is the way. And they'll join in with us. And the crowd gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger as we go into the Father's house. And then the door will be shut. And then the door will be shut. So we're right here at the very end of this. Listen to Isaiah, the 60, 60th chapter, Isaiah 60, verses 1, 2, and 3. As the Bible talks about Jerusalem or Israel and, and how God's people, how the Jews will be returning to Israel, he also talks about us and the end time church. Isaiah 60, verse 1, 2, and 3 read like this. Arise, God saying to you even now. Wake up from your slumber. Wake up from your slumber. Arise, shine, trim your lamps, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth. Has darkness covered the earth? Yes. And gross darkness the people. Darkness covering the mindset of people. Has that happened? Yes. But... The Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. That's as we're walking with the Lord in light. His glory will be seen once again upon the church, upon the church of Jesus Christ. And the Bible says in verse number three, and the Gentiles, that is the ungodly, those that are not saved, shall come to thy light. That is, they will join this procession. They'll join the parade as we're going up to be with the Lord. As you're in full bright, full bloom, hallelujah, those burned parts of your life finally cut away and you're able to walk with Jesus in light. The Bible said in verse 3, the Gentiles shall come to thy light and kings, those that have substance and means, and kings to the brightness of thy rising. Those that have influence will come to you. Those that have wealth will come to you. You will be inheriting from this earth. And as we march with the Lord Jesus, you'll find that even as the children of Israel left uh, Egypt, they plundered the land of, they plundered the Egyptians. They, they received all kind of wealth and gold and silver and precious things as they were leaving out of Egypt, going toward the promised land. And this is exactly what we would do as well. As we march out of this Egypt land, as we march out of this world system, as we march with Jesus in light, we will plunder this world. Hallelujah. We'll receive the wealth. They'll be giving you things and not even know why they're giving it to you. They'll be uh, putting you in first place, first position, just by looking at you or seeing your name. Hallelujah. You, as you're marching with the Lord, favor, 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 favor will come upon the body of Christ such as never seen before, such as never seen before as a sign and a wonder to the goodness of God. Among this, among this heathen world, hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Amen. Now you notice now as we go back, as we're closing, as we go back into Matthew 25, look at verse number 8. Matthew 25, verse number 8 says, And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. Again, while they slept. Their lamps were burning. The old oil was being used. Only those that had fresh oil were able to walk with the Lord in the light. 
Now the sleeping, the sleeping, who rather who was sleeping? Those that were prepared and those that were unprepared. Those who were wise and foolish, they all slept. But it wasn't until the cry was made, the bridegroom is coming. Jesus is coming for his church. It wasn't until that cry was made and people began to shake themselves that they realized that they didn't have what they thought they had. They realized that for so long they've been playing church, playing around, just coming, just to be coming. They realized, oh, I miss it, but then it's too late. It's too late. The cry is being made. The cry is being made. And the Holy Spirit is infusing us with power. If you look at a lamp, once again, look at the lamp. The oil is the Holy Spirit. And we are the wick that burns within the lamp. And as you find out on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit, uh, like, a, like a tongue of fire, was upon everyone there at the day of Pentecost. So the fire is also upon us. But notice also in that scenario that we, the body, are floating. We're the wick and we're floating in, in the anointing oil. We're flowing. Our lives are meant to, to flow in the anointing oil. There's oil all around us. And how does the wick, how does the wick receive the oil to create fire on the top? Well, the, well they say that the wick works with capillaries, like a capillary type of response. It says within the wick, the wick draws the oil up. The wick draws the oil up through it, and then fire lights on top of it. So in this hour, God will use those who know how to draw from the Spirit, who know how to draw from the Spirit. In times of great distress and pressure, you'll draw from the Spirit. And as you draw from the Spirit, your light becomes brighter and brighter and brighter. You're drawing from Him, drawing from His wisdom, drawing from His understanding, drawing from His goodness and His mercy. You're drawing from the Spirit, not from this world system, not with human understanding, but you're drawing from the Spirit. This will create the light that will light the, light the path of men before you. And so as we close once again, verse number eight, the foolish said, give us of your oil. And verse nine, but the wise said unto them, the wise answered saying, not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. This is sad, a very sad moment. Because what the wise are telling them that there's now a separation between you and I. Yeah, we've been going to church together for a while. We've been fellowshipping now for a while. And I know you and you know me. And normally we can fellowship one with another. But the bridegroom is coming. Jesus is coming. And I am ready and you are not. I can't help you. You reach the time what I would say, I cannot help you. There was a time that I could have helped you. We could have gone to the place together to get it. As a matter of fact, we should have, you should have gotten extra oil with me when I did. But now the cry is made. Now Jesus is coming. And this is a very grieving point because they will ask of you to help. But you can't. You won't have what they need. Only God can give them what they need. And you'll have to go on. This is a separation time. A separation time. I've known you. You've known me. We've raised our hands together in church. We've done this together and we've done that together. But you've lived a life that was contrary to the word of God. And now we've come to the point that I can no longer help you. And this hurts as they tell them, I can't do this. You got to go and get it for yourself. As they tell you, please pray for me. But there comes a time when the spirit says, Pray no more. Now they've got to go and pray for themselves. When they say, give me a word. Now the spirit says, no more. Now they've got to get it for themselves. And while they go, and while they try to search the scriptures, and while they try to get in the word, while they try to duplicate what you already have, Jesus comes. And we march in light with the Lord. And the door is shut. The church age comes to an end. And the Lord tells them they come and they, they beat on the door. Lord, 
Lord, open to us. Open to us. The Bible says in verse 11, verse 12, where verse 11 says afterwards, came also the other virgin saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Scripture is very clear that not all that say, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But only those that do the will of my father. Verse 13 says, the Lord warns us once again, watch, therefore. For you know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. There is a cry made right now. And if you are hearing my voice, the Spirit is beckoning you, urging you that you have time at this moment to get things right. You have time at this moment to seek his face and ask him for fresh oil. Ask him for fresh oil. But the time will come that not even your fellow believer will be able to help. You have to make the decision now. Will you march with him in light? Or will you be unprepared? Because when they're passing out the million-dollar checks or getting the million-dollar deals, when you see your fellow believer walking in the power of the Spirit, signs and wonders following, healing and deliverances, when you see them walking in light, the power and presence of God filling their life, you say, give to me, lay hands on me. Not so. Not so. The Lord will not allow the transference of power. He will not allow the transference of anointing in that time period. But what you will see is a worldwide revival as people begin to come to Christ. And why are they coming to Christ? Because they see you marching with Christ. They see the light of God on you. They see him working through you, not just through a superstar preacher somewhere, they see God working through you. They see him speaking through you. They hear, hear him rather speaking through you. They see Jesus in you. When you're around, they feel the atmosphere of heaven all around you. Because you've availed yourself. You've availed yourself to be used of the Spirit. You've cried out to him. And Father has heard you. And he has answered you. But to you that are not ready today, hear this voice. I pray you hear the cry of the Spirit. Now is the time to repent. Now is the time to be ready. Now is the time to have the mindset that Jesus is about to come at any moment. And he who has his hope purifies himself, even as he is pure. If you have this hope, the Bible says, if you have this hope that Jesus Christ is coming, you won't get entangled with all this other stuff. And if you get entangled, you'll quickly repent because you know that he's coming at any moment. You're going to have to believe in him and trust in him. Father, I pray for your people that are right now in this room and those that are listening and watching all around the world. Lord, I thank you for your children, for those that you have appointed to hear this word or even to see this video. Father, I pray that you would work, that you would make your word come alive to them and that they would feel the heart of the Spirit. Father, I pray that you would prick them at the heart, that we would come and that we, that we would repent, that we would receive of the fresh oil before the time is too late. Lord, let it not be said for them that it will be too late. But Father, I pray that you would make this word real and that they would see your heart and that they would know what time we're in. That this would not just be another sermon, another message, another church service, another preacher, but they would hear your voice from heaven and respond. In this time now, Father, I pray that your sons, your daughters will arise with power, will arise with light, will walk in light, 
because their family needs to see them and they'll join them. Their friends need to see them. Their coworkers need to see them. They'll need to see that light burning bright and clean. And Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you would heal our hearts, that by your spirit you are helping us to cut away every part in our soul that has been so badly burned. Help us, Father, to cut away the burn, that we may walk without fear, without torment, that we may walk in confidence, walk in the light, in grace, and receive your blood that washes away all of our sin. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for your marvelous grace as you help us do the things that we need to do. For we cannot do it ourselves. We can't do anything apart from your grace. So we place ourselves upon your altar, and we say, have your way in us. If you can use anything, Lord, Come on and use us. We repent of our sins. We repent of our backslidings. We repent, Father, for not being ready. And we ask for the fresh oil. Fresh oil, let the oil of your spirit fill us once again. Trim away the old. Trim away the burned. And ignite a fresh fire for you. That will burn brightly that were burned cleanly so that this world would know that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. Let us burn in the Holy Ghost. Burn in the Holy Ghost. Burn in the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name. Bless your people, Father, I pray. Amen. And if you're in this place today and, and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ and you want to officially... You want to make that known that you are turning your life over to the Lord, that you are rededicating your life to the Lord. And you can come up to the altar now, those of you that are here, you can come up to the altar now and we can pray with you. There's no special prayer formula. You just got to believe. If you've already done that at your seat and you feel confident, then you don't, there's no need for you to come up. For those of you that are joining us online, if you need to repent before the Lord, then I pray that you've done that. And if we can be any of help to you, any assistance to you, please let us know. You can go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. Click on the contact button and let us know how we can pray with you. We love you and we'll see you next time. Well, we pray that you were blessed and encouraged by today's message. Don't forget, you can connect with us at our website at kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can hear today's message as well as the entire series. So check it out today. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. We'll see you on the next time.